Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. you're listening to another episode of Popcorn Podcast with Lee and Tim. And in this episode, we're discussing Roland Emmerich's Moonfall, as well as all the latest movie and trailer news. I'm Timmy Fland, movie buff. And I'm Lee Livingstone, entertainment journalist. And we love to talk all things movies. And this episode a disaster movie indeed. I like the pause you did before that. A disaster movie. <laughs> is it a disaster movie just or is it a disaster of a movie? We'll find out <laughs> in one go. moment. So in Moonfall, a mysterious force knocks the moon from its orbit and sends it hurtling on a collision course with Earth. With mere weeks before impact, former astronaut Joe Fowler is convinced she has the key to saving us all but only one astronaut from her past and a conspiracy theorist believe her. These unlikely heroes will mount an impossible last-ditch mission into space only to find they might have prepared for the wrong mission. (laughs) Dun-dun-dun. Moonfall is directed by Roland Emmerich with a screenplay by Emmerich, Spencer Cohen and Harold Closer. Moonfall stars Halle Berry, Patrick Wilson, John Bradley, Michael Pena, Donald Sutherland and Charlie Plummer. Quite a cast there. It is. It is a nice lineup of very established, well-celebrated, awarded actors. And we will talk about that a bit later on. <laughs> Can't wait. So let's start with the story of Moonfall. Yeah, I'm going to stop you there. Okay, already. What story? Oh. Please, please help me understand. 
Back over to you, Lee. Well, okay, you just described the story. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go on that. Okay. <laughs> on that description. So the film opens with an immediate hook. Yeah. It does. It goes into action. It's quite gripping. Yes. The astronauts are in space. Something goes awry. And they don't really quite know what it is. They get knocked out. And mm. one astronaut, Patrick Wilson's Brian Harper, gets everyone home. Well, almost everyone home yeah. safely. Yes. And then what happens is what he saw, his experience, his account, he's the only one mm-hmm. that saw it all. Mm-hmm. No one believes him. Of NASA course. doesn't believe him. Halle Berry, no spoiler, but she was kind of knocked out in the event. So mm. she didn't witness anything. Mm-hmm. And so 10 years pass and we revisit these characters in very different periods of their yep. life as a result of that fallout. And in those 10 years, they become cliches. <laughs> yes. Brian changed his name to Cliche. Yes. He became the worn down, destroyed man, alcoholic, mm-hmm. lost his family, lost his job, hit rock bottom. Can't pay his rent. We've heard that before. We have heard that before. And sorry, just I know we're not meant to be jumping into character, but this yeah. is quite important in setting up like who's who in the zoo here mm. and what eventuates. Why is it that the only way these films can justify and explain that someone is not quite, you know, kicking goals in life is that they always sleep in when they have somewhere to go <laughs> yes. and they're just rushing out, throw their leather jacket on, jump on their bike yeah. and they're like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm late. And and the rent is so far past you that there's eviction notices all over the Pile house. of them, yeah. Of course. I mean, has he just been sleeping in for the last decade and yeah, he just probably. can't get his shit together? Has he not f- figured out how to use no. his... Alarm clock. Look, look, depression is real. Sure, Let's yes. not make light of that. It, it's mm. real. It lasts for a long time. It, mm-hmm. There's no set amount of time that it can last for. But it's yeah, true. in terms of a movie character, it's a little cliched. Yeah. So, okay, it opened with an immediate hook. Mm-hmm. Did you enjoy that? I did. I was straight into the action. Genuinely interested because it dangled that mystery. It revealed more than I anticipated mm. it to for an opening scene. Mm-hmm. But then I guess all the mystery intrigue just fell down to earth, so to speak, um, for the rest of the film for me. It was smashed by the cheesy dialogue and exposition-heavy oh, script. Oh, goodness gracious. These movies can sometimes be like that, though, because yeah. you've got so much action going mm, on mm. that you have to explain some things. But, oh, my yeah. God, they explained away just everything in the most cheesiest <laughs> of manners. I mean, when I went into this film, I thought the title sounded like a bad James Bond film. Right. Moonraker. Yeah. Moonfall. Skyfall. Skyfall. (laughs) Why didn't Adele do the original song for this (laughs) film? Come on. But then I was pleasantly surprised by that opening sequence. Yeah. And then it kind of all just went to mush with lines like, the moon is the biggest cover-up in history (laughs) and the sand in the hourglass is dropping quickly. Is that the weirdest metaphor you've ever heard? Because it came out of left field. They were talking about nothing to do with hourglasses yeah. or sand or... It was like <laughs> it was. It just turned into a stage play where Halle Berry's character decided to turn to the audience with an <laughs> aside. And the line is, is, there's more to it. It's the sand in the hourglass is dropping quickly for all of us. All right. Sorry, I says. missed that bit. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it doesn't make it any better. <laughs> it's just unnatural, isn't it? I mean, the dialogue is used to force character development I think that wasn't there especially in the relationships between the characters yeah it was very overzealous and that's putting it mildly I wrote down quite a few of Mm. these one-liners this atrocious dialogue shall we indulge in going through please do this list so some hit home harder than others but I got a giggle out of all of them nonetheless so of course at the beginning we have an astronaut who's in crisis and of course he says 
I'm going to get you home. There's another line. What would Elon do? <laughs> yes, because <laughs> Elon, Elon Musk. Musk is the hero of the conspiracy theorist and, character. Yeah, and they reference him a few times going, thanks to like Elon Musk and his team for providing us this and that. It's Did like, he sponsor this movie? I don't know. That and Lexus, that's for sure. <laughs> um, there's another one in court when referencing the bail fee and the lawyers goes, money's no object. It's like, well, they're just going to pop it up to 10 mil and <laughs> see if you're bluffing. In this one, this was a direct order and keeping what they discovered about the moon being out of orbit kept secret. So mm-hmm. this very senior NASA, you know, person. No spoilers, of course. No spoilers. Says, in the meantime, everybody keep your mouth shut. Imagine that being mm-hmm. a direct national security direction <laughs> to just the team just open loud. One of my favourites was, I've got IBS. Uh, <laughs> that one made me laugh. I want there to be a world you can grow up in and be a better man than me. Yeah, and okay, that was because (laughs) Harper and his son had a strained relationship and that was part of the heart of the movie, I guess. But it was not really explored properly. And there was so many many time jumps too. I was not sure how much time had passed in some things and I Mm. was like, oh, okay, wow, there's a tidal wave coming for people. When did that happen? Yeah, apparently it takes place over three weeks. It oh, felt really? like it took place over like half a day or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No yeah. sense of time. It jumped forward by huge amounts sometimes and mm. just hastily added some exposition to explain where the relationships were at. Mm. And actually when you say three weeks then, mm. that confuses me even more how Harper, Patrick Wilson's Harper and John Bradley's KC Houseman, the conspiracy yeah. theorist, were suddenly best buds. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, look, they, they found something in each other, right? They – Neither of them were believed in their respective communities. They didn't have a voice. I think you're digging there. Oh, I'm absolutely digging. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to keep digging. I'm not going to find much, but that's what I found. Sorry, I've got a few more lines I have to share. Okay, Please, please, please. I'll I'll, I'll just do one more. If the earth deserves a second chance, I think we do too. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm done, I promise. That was a good one. That's good. <laughs> that was good, good one, one to end on. All right, back to you, Lee. What I think the biggest issue is, okay, Roland Emmerich gave us Independence Day. Yeah. Love that film. Huge. It's a classic. It blew people away at the time with its story and its special effects. Mm. Perhaps the dialogue wasn't great in that either. I was trying to remember. I didn't mm. go back and watch it. But the characters had heart. Mm. We cared about them. Mm. And maybe audiences expect more these days, do yeah. you think? You know, you have yeah. to move with the times. Yeah. It reminds me of um, your take on the little things, you know, with Denzel Washington and Rami Malek and Jared Leto. Are you about to agree with me? No, 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 no. Because <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely no, not. No, 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 no. <laughs> we talked about it feeling like a 90s crime thriller, which sure. I loved about it, yeah. but you didn't. No. And maybe that's because it's, you know, it's 30 years later and we don't want the same things that we did out of a movie 30 years ago. That's right. And maybe that's the same thing now with this this take on this genre. You know, you mm. can't do the same thing that you did however many years ago Independence Day was. Do yeah, you know the 90, date? 96. Oh, yeah, 96. Yeah, you'd know. <laughs> well, I mean, look, Independence, it's, you, make, you bring up a really good point, Lee, because Independence Day being a mid-90s flick is a product of its time. So yeah. when you have a film, and obviously from the same director, Roland Emmerich, he's trying to rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. And yeah. is he stuck in the 90s? you're less forgivable on the sorts of territories Mm. in the tone, the cliche, the mindless, you know, shit that he's throwing at you and his characters. It just feels a bit phoned in on this one, unfortunately. One thing that just absolutely drives me nuts in movies like this is when people stop to watch when they're fleeing for their lives. (laughs) You know, in this case... (laughs) 
You know what I'm talking about, don't you? Some characters are running from a huge tsunami trying to get to higher ground, Mm. but they stop before they've even started the journey. Yeah. Get out of the car. Get out of the way. And stand to watch a rocket take off. Mm. You know, you can watch out the window while you're driving. You don't don't need to stand and get out of the car and go, oh, it's a tsunami. You can't outrun a tsunami at the best of times. You're not going to outrun it if you stop for a break. But you can try. (laughs) Uh, look, I totally agree with you. Goodness gracious. I felt like there was really no sense of urgency in this film. Mm. A lot of the characters, like you said, just kind of chill in the moment mm. and they don't seem to be all that terrified um, or mm. or have a sense of urgency to get from A to B slash out of the path of uh, approaching tsunami yeah. in that instance. And this is a huge planet-killing sort of event mm. Yeah, there's only a handful of people in this movie. Yes, thank you. There's all these huge shots of destruction, but it's almost like was anyone on the planet at this time? (laughs) There is no... Did everybody escape? There's no sense of foreboding, menace, terror. You don't feel the scope and the scale of this movie despite how crazy it looks. At least in Independence Day, you get shots of people like tearing down the street when Vivica A. Fox and her son are running and they, they run into the tunnel, tunnel and there's yeah. so many people and you think, oh yeah, they're all dead. Yeah. But I mean, apparently in this film, they're all dead already. I yeah. Don't know. <laughs> Do you know what? Okay. I want to talk about a positive. There was mm-hmm. one moment, this might just be a personal thing for me, that gave me real goosebumps. Mm. So when they're towing a shuttle down the street and people just kind of look at it awestruck, I've actually seen that happen. Have you? I have. I was in Florida many years ago and heading down a road and a security guard sort of stopped us and said, if you're coming down this street, you won't be able to get back out for a few hours because they're they're moving the shuttle. They were they were retiring a shuttle. I can't oh. remember what shuttle it was. It might have been mm. Endeavour. I, mm-hmm. I, I'm completely making that up. Anyway, they're towing this shuttle down the street. And so we thought, oh yeah, we'll stop and watch that. So we, we parked and got a spot on the bank and it was the most amazing thing I think I've ever seen. It was just... Took your breath away? Yes, because I'm looking at it going, that took people to space. Wow. It looked so beat up. What a special moment. And Buzz Aldrin was leading it. You're joking. With a bunch of astronauts. And I was just like, this is one of those moments that you just click, take a picture and you keep in your heart forever because it was really good. So when I saw that on the screen, it took me back to that and I got goosebumps. Wow. Well, one of my favourite characters in Moonfall was Fuzz Aldrin, which is <laughs> the name of the cat. <laughs> oh, dear nice. God. Let's talk about the special effects, okay? Because okay. a movie like this, you've got to have big special effects. Mm-hmm. I actually thought most of them were quite good. Mm. Okay, I've heard otherwise. Yeah, but you I think might most hear that from me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think most of them were quite good. There was only a couple of green screen moments. Oh, they were awful. Yeah, like one at the LA Observatory when Harper gets off his bike to go into the LA Observatory and yeah. it was so jarringly obvious that he wasn't there. But that's what takes a film like this to the next level, yeah. sets it apart from others. Mm. As much effort needs to be put into the unimportant scenes as the important scenes. Yeah, that's a good point. It's all in the details. Yeah. And look, we, Roland Emmerich has made some of the biggest action films of all time. You've already mentioned Independence Day. Mm-hmm. You've got 10,000 BC. You've got The Day After Tomorrow and yep. 2012. 2012 special effects are insane. Yeah. That was 10 years ago. Yeah. So the special effects in Moonfall should surpass that. 
and I don't think that it it got there. At times, a lot of the special effects were quite underwhelming okay. and, lo- and looked a little average, yet when they got it right, mm. it was beautiful and crisp and it was epic and yeah. great and you're like, yes, this is a Roland Emmerich special effects CGI-heavy film. I wonder what was going on behind the scenes that they put, you know, maybe resources, time and resources weren't available to put into everything. Mm. Because you'd hate to think that they just didn't bother. No, I mean, when you're pumping $150 million into a film like Moonfall, you can't really say, oh, we, we tried. It's like you've got to put everything into it because the studio, like, it's a big mm. studio, right? But studios can go under <laughs> with bombs that cost that much money if yeah. they don't make returns. What did you feel about the villain in the film, which was the moon, right? Like, <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Uh, uh, Look, I found it really comical like i know nothing about the physics of the moon but it was obviously hurtling towards earth that, that that's yeah. that's in it the was kind of rolling around the earth well, wasn't it, it yes thank you because i found it continuously rolling over the horizon leaving gravity induced destruction behind and then kind of just like rolling away behind <laughs> the mountains i was like every time it did rolling, it i was like rolling rolling <laughs> all i had was i'm the moon i'll be back and it just like <laughs> rolled away and i thought i'm not scared by this thing <laughs> Is that what was going on? Yes. I'm Sorry. the moon. See was- you soon. <laughs> I've lost it. Lee's gone. Oh, She's God. out. <laughs> Please do that again. I'm the moon. Oh, I see you soon. Oh, dear. Oh, God. I think we found our audiogram for the oh. episode. <laughs> Lee needs Kleenex. Yeah, I do. There's some unintentionally hilarious moments in this film for sure. And I'm also thinking about like when gravity drops on Earth and the characters are running away (laughs) from danger. And I gave you a demonstration of this before the It was the greatest thing I've ever seen. They kind of skip jump away from the danger, which is accurate. I guess scientifically accurate. But but God, it looked funny. It was fucking hilarious. Like tiptoeing through the tulips. (laughs) Just to get out of danger. (laughs) Tiptoeing through the tulips away from the moon. <laughs> the moon. Oh, dear. Oh, God. Well, do, do we want to jump into characters yes. and okay. performances? Halle Berry is a fucking boss, okay, in oh. every sense of the word. She's smart, sassy in this film. She's a good leader. I loved her. I love her. What about her performance, though? What The, the material that she I had to work with. I think it's the material with. that she yeah, had to work with. I completely with. agree. But she did the best with what she had. Yeah. Uh, look, I, I found her a little... Like wooden, but it's, but it's not a reflection the, of her as no, an actress. The I material, think, I think, it's the cliched yeah, character, yeah. you know. Um, but there were things about how she was written that she just came across as a really inexperienced astronaut. Just the sort right. of comments and things she was saying, because astronauts need to be incredibly poised, collective in any mm. sort of stressful environment. Well, I felt like she, she really just threw in the towel. On no, point. I think she was. Mm. I mean, she's the deputy director of NASA. I thought she was very com- calm and composed, considering yeah. what was going on. Yeah. People skipping around her. <laughs> Stop skipping through yeah. the tulips. I also We're trying li- to save the world. I also really like Patrick Wilson in almost everything he does. He, yeah. Here, though, as I said, he's a character that's the old reluctant hero trope. Mm. The flawed man who took the fall and lost everything. I just didn't buy his journey to redemption because no. of the writing, unfortunately. Yeah, he his character in it and how he was written was a casualty of throwing in emotion just to bump up the stakes a little more. Yeah. He's a strange relationship with his ex-wife who remarried mm. his son and it's just pointless subplot of him being in jail 
and them trying to get him out. The sun, uh, yeah. The sun, yeah. Like it was just it was just dumb. It didn't leave you any sort of it, it didn't feel like neither Halle Berry's character or Patrick Wilson. They both had children. Mm. It's like they forgot they had children. It's it's <laughs> right? like they never really referenced them or you never well felt anything well, about that. Joe Fowler, Halle Berry's character, had a nanny. Au pair, if you will, I guess. Well, no, she was no, see, you would assume that because I assume that. Mm. I think she helped look after the son, but she was an exchange student. Oh. Yeah. Slash nanny slash au pair. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. It was just, well, see, a, another sub character that was like, why are they in this film? Who yeah, are they? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what did you think about the chemistry between Patrick Wilson and Halle Berry? I thought it was quite good. I liked it, especially in the opening scene. They had some really good mm. banter that they, you know, returned to throughout the film. I really liked that work friendship that they had, you know, but there just wasn't enough material to flesh Mm. it out properly. Yeah, I agree. And then, okay, we've got Casey Houseman, played by John Bradley of Game of Thrones fame. Mm. He's a mega structurist. Yes, term I'd never heard before. Also known as a conspiracy theorist who Mm. believes that some natural objects, like the moon, are secretly mega structures built for a specific purpose. And that's the driving thesis, I guess, of this film. Yeah, well, it's all just one big hypothetical, this movie, Mm. and they just stumble into answers, reveals, you know, however they play out Mm. in the most ridiculous ways. I would call him like a lovable conspiracy theorist. I didn't hate him as a character. I found him quite in Deering most of the time, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which was a, which was surprising. He's really working hard for the laughs, though. Oh God, yeah, as comedic relief. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he was also like the only comedic relief, intentional comedic relief, mm. even though you found yourself laughing at multiple people. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Do you know? Fun fact: they've actually set up a crude-looking website for the character, and it's called MoonTruth.net. You should check oh. it out. It's really funny. It's, okay. And it was counting down the time until Impact of the Moon, which I presume was the release of the film. So. Oh, Jesus, that's a bit. But it, it looks very old school, like conspiracy theory website. Okay, like a nineties <laughs> like, website. Yeah, design. like the cursor is a little flying alien ship. <laughs> Love that. Yeah, Michael Pena. Okay, I want to talk about him for mm. a second. I think he was really miscast in this. Totally. I wasn't sure if he was. He plays the the cliched stepfather mm. who can't connect with Harper's son. Mm. You know, he just wants his father to step up to the job, so he does no interest in the stepfather. Mm. But was this casting an attempt at injecting humour into the film? No, because I found him quite sad, not funny. Right. Because he was just trying too hard, but he didn't have much to do or say. And it was like, why are we even going down that road with this character yeah. and what he's grappling with? It was just a, a shoe in The only reason why I think he was there, so he was a successful car dealership franchise owner. Mm. It was just the way to uh, integrate, what just to integrate Lexus into the film as a sponsor. That's probably the only reason why he was written that way. That's very cynical of you. Well, that's my background, so (laughs) (laughs) see. There just wasn't enough development to invest in the stepkid father relationship and the way it played out. In the end, eventually. There's there's a particular line of dialogue or discourse that they have with each other that just, they resolve something. Where did that come from? Yeah, it was, what? Okay, cool. Mm. I'm happy for you guys. (laughs) And I guess we need to talk about the cameo from Donald Sutherland too. Is it? Would you even call it a cameo? It is a blimp on the radar. And who was his character? No idea. He seemed to be important. He seemed to be important and then he just rolled away, (laughs) literally. (laughs) Oh, bless yeah, I love me some Donald Sutherland. Yeah. He's fantastic in everything that he does. And he had some very important slash overzealous ridiculous things to say. And he loves appearing in these space films. I'm thinking about like Ad Astra. He was in that too. He was and too. 
He's, oh, he's been in a few of them. Well, he is a great actor and just like Michael Pena used as a footnote in this film, yeah, unfortunately. because Michael Pena also is a very good actor. When he has the material, he goes. Yeah. He's not just comic relief. He's one of the best things – well, speaking of comic relief, he's one of the best things in the Ant-Man films. Yeah. But he's a very well-established uh, dramatic actor as well. Yeah. He's, he's great in a lot of his films. I just feel he was miscast in this, unfortunately. I completely agree. Well, okay, look, we've destroyed this film. I actually didn't think it was all that bad. Okay. What were some of the redeeming qualities of Moonfall for I you? think the action sequences, the special effects, most, most of the special effects were yeah. quite good. I enjoyed the actors. I enjoyed, you know, Halle Berry and Patrick Wilson together. Mm-hmm. I just, yeah, they were. It was just very cliche and, and felt phoned in. And you're a fan of Roland Emmerich as, yes. as a filmmaker and the stuff he pumps out. Absolutely, to entertain. absolutely. Yeah. It's nothing wrong with a good popcorn blockbuster flick. Give yeah. me a disaster flick. I love it. Me too. <laughs> just not this one. Just not this one. Okay, let's wrap up, shall okay, we? Let's do it. You go ahead. All right, Roland Emmerich, the end of the world movie god, has delivered an end of the world movie dud. In Moon Fail, Mindless, check, Cringe, check, Dumb as fuck, check, Dripping in American Patriotism, big check, Two Hours I'll Never Get Back, <laughs> check. Fans of Emmerich will be disappointed, but I'm sure it will satisfy someone, like one person maybe somewhere in the world, <laughs> maybe you. <laughs> I'm not convinced, so I'm going to rate Moonfall half. A popcorn kernel. Ooh, mm. wow. Right, Lee. We don't do many of them on the podcast, do we? We don't. We don't. Okay, well, I love a good disaster flick, but I wasn't emotionally invested in this film, and that was largely due to the cliched characters and the writing. The idea is good, I think. Mm. The execution of the sci-fi elements is mostly good. Roland Emmerich knows what he is doing, uh, but I feel like Moonfall phones it in. It, it's a hollow shell of a film, unfortunately. If you can hang out for the third act, it does get better and more engaging, but it could be a case of too little, too late for some people. Yeah, I'm going to give Moonfall two popcorn kernels out of five. Well, there you go, guys. You can catch Moonfall in Australian cinemas right now. So, Tim, on to news, and Hocus Pocus 2 has officially wrapped filming, and the producer, Adam Shankman, announced on Instagram that we'll be getting the Disney Plus sequel during this year's Halloween season, of course. Makes so much sense. Mm -hmm. So, Hocus Pocus 2 reunites. God, I love this. I can't wait. Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, and Kathy Najimi as the evil Sanderson sisters, child-hungry witches who are accidentally resurrected again in modern-day Salem by three young women. I can't wait I'm to so see this. excited. <laughs> it's a shame we're not getting it on the big screen, but yeah. I don't mind it on the streaming service. No, I'm so on board. Now, Australian actor Jeffrey Rush is set to play comedian Groucho Marx in an upcoming biopic titled Raised Eyebrows, which, of course, is a nod to one of Marx's distinctive features, which included a thick moustache, eyebrows and a spectacles and a cigar. He always had a cigar in his hand. Now, the film is based on Steve Stolia's memoir, Raised Eyebrows, My Years Inside Groucho's House. Stolia was hired by Mark's manager to look after the ageing star during the 1970s, which is when the movie will be set. So Raised Eyebrows also stars Sienna Miller and Charlie Plummer, whom we just saw in Moonfall. Mm -hmm. Taraji P. Henson has been cast as Shug Avery in an upcoming Warner Brothers adaptation of The Colour Purple. Based on Alice Walker's original novel, the 1985 Steven Spielberg adaptation and the Broadway musical. Now, Shug is the jazz and blues singer introduced as Mr.'s longtime mistress before becoming Celie's 
confidant. Celie was played by Whoopi Goldberg in Spielberg's Mm -hmm, film. Which was her big film debut. Mm. So Spielberg and Oprah Winfrey, who made her acting debut in the 1985 movie, are both on board as producers. And there's actually some nice footage going around at the moment of Oprah Winfrey calling all the cast to tell them they got the part. It's really beautiful. Blitz Bazawule is directing and the film also stars... Danielle Brooks, Coleman Domingo, Halle Bailey and Corey Hawkins. So not Halle Berry. No. Halle Bailey. Halle Bailey, the little mermaid. (laughs) Ah, right. Oh, Mm. gosh, looking forward to that one. Well, Lee, in sequel news, Scream is getting a sequel. That is the recent Scream reboot is getting a sequel, which makes it the sixth installment in the franchise. You confused? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's the sixth movie, basically. Yeah. Matt Bettinelli Olpen and Tyler Gillett are returning to direct the next film with James Vanderbilt and Guy Busick co writing the screenplay. They wrote the recent one yes, too, they didn't did, they? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. No word yet on the title yet. Could it be Scream 2.2? 2.2? 2.2? 2 for 22. 2 for 22. Richie Benno will yeah. do that. The voiceover. So the fifth entry opened in cinemas last month and has since grossed more than US $100 million at the worldwide box office. And that's only off a budget of $25 million US. So that's a huge return. incredible. People are so excited about this. But do you think they should be, you know, tempting fate by doing another one? It makes me nervous. It yes. makes me equally as excited and nervous because they nailed the reboot. Yes. What do they, what's the word? Requel. Requel. Big tick there. And also considering the events of what happened in that film, which we Mm. won't spoil, Mm. I don't see how it's going to be as good. I've got every faith. I'm I'm just going to put faith in in the filmmakers and hopefully lightning strikes twice. I'll I'll take my cynic hat off and hope (laughs) for the best. So Dakota Johnson is in talks mm. to star as Madam Webb in a Spider-Man universe spin-off for Sony Pictures. After the incredible success of No Way Home, they're looking to expand their hold on Marvel characters. Yeah, look, I had never heard of this Spider-Man character before, so I was mm. deeply intrigued when this potential casting news mm. dropped. So to explain, in the comics, Madam Webb is an elderly woman with a chronic neuromuscular disease connected to a life support system that looks like a spider web. And due to her age and medical condition, Madam Webb never actively fought any villains. For that reason, it's possible the project could turn into something else. Insiders say due to her psychic sensory powers, Mm. she's essentially Sony's version of Doctor Strange. Mm, And it's interesting if Dakota Johnson is playing her because she's... Not an elderly woman. (laughs) Oh. I mean, she could play one, I'm sure, but yeah. it'll be interesting to see where this goes. Yeah, I'm very, very curious and confused all the same yeah. by this. But yeah, And I wonder what else can. will come out of this universe too. Mm. Well, currently Morbius will never be released at this point. <laughs> so. Keeps getting delayed and <laughs> delayed. Keeps getting delayed. It is just around the corner though now, isn't it? Well, yes, a couple of months away. Well, I saw on Jared Leto's Instagram that he's like spruiking uh, Morbius merchandise. So it... It, it, it will come out because they're still trying to sell shit about it. <laughs> One thing I want to talk about mm. just quickly, I haven't put this in the notes, so I'm surprising Ooh. you with this, but they just announced the BAFTA nomination. Yes, they did. Like, okay. Yeah. And again, Kristen Stewart, nowhere to be found. Honestly, well, I'm so nervous about the Oscar lineup now. Yeah, which is coming out next week. Yes. February 8th, I think. Yeah. Oh, I'm just, yeah. It's not looking good for her to be nominated because usually the SAG Awards are a mm. precursor to the Oscars and she wasn't 
nominated there either. No, no. I can kind of understand the BAFTAs because the British are very uh, particular about Lady Diana and, sure. and an American playing her doesn't come off very well. But, mm. oh, my God, she did such a good job. Recognise her work. She Com- did such a good job. All we've been doing on this podcast for weeks is manifesting an Oscar nomination for Kristen Stewart. Yeah. We're not going to let up, Lee. <laughs> So here we are, another manifestation. <laughs> and on that note, that's another episode of Popcorn Podcast. We covered Roland Emmerich's Moonfall. Which you can see in Australian cinemas right now. Guys, as always, thank you so much for listening. And we'll catch you next time. We are now on YouTube, guys, where you will find our latest celebrity video interviews. Simply search Popcorn Podcast with Lee and Tim and make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a single one. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.